Boy, I talk about all the, or just pray there, about all the things that we look to in life to find worth and value. You know, our identity is very important to us, and, and we get our identity from things that we do. I want to share with you something here that, that was a big part of my identity for a lot of years. A whole lot of work went into getting this. It doesn't fit as well as it used to. But folks, this was my identity for a lot of years. I mean, I put a lot of work and a lot of effort, and when I put this on, you know what? I felt like I counted. I, I felt important. I felt like I had accomplished something. These patches said I'd done something. They, they mean a lot to me, and I used to think that they meant a lot to other people too. I was probably not very accurate about that, but that's what I thought. You know what? We're all like this, folks. Every one of us is looking for an identity, for worth, for value. And we look to our relationships. We, we look to the things we've accomplished, the things that we do to give us this identity, to give us this worth. Their only problem is things change. You know, things happen and, and that identity can get rocked. You know, when I first wore this jacket, when I first worked to get each one of these patches, you know, I, my goal was very simply to win. I and mean, when I stepped on the track, it was to win, and it was to win by a lot. But you know, then time happens. And now I'm not so concerned about other people. You know, that's don't need to do that. I just want to run my best now. I want to get my, my best time. You see, my identity's kind of falling apart, isn't it? But it got really bad this fall. This fall, now you have to remember, this sounds silly to you, but you're talking to a guy who for five or six years defined his life by running. This fall, my, I, I, I have something bad happened. I, I can no longer beat my 12-year-old in a race. That's not funny, folks, okay? You know, that'd be like saying, you know, my 12-year-old makes more money than I do or something like that. You know, this, yesterday we went and ran the, uh, the Richmond Marathon. We didn't run the marathon, but it was, there was an 8K associated with it. Now, I knew he was going to beat me. We'd already been out on some runs. I, I, I've settled that in my heart. It gets a little hyperventilating here. But, uh, you know, here was my goal. I thought, now we're running, it's a five-mile run. Surely I can stay within five minutes of him. I mean, there's no way he's going to open up a five-minute five lead on me. Well, you know, the good news is I ran a great race. I did a lot better yesterday than I thought I was going to do. The really bad news is I ran the best race I could, and he beat me by seven minutes. Now, folks, this is, this, wow, how do I process this? This is my identity. Now, I'm going to tell you this right now before God in this church. You give me three more months to get in better shape, and I'll wear him out. <laughs> I don't know what race it's going to be, but I'm going, I'm going to wear him out, and I'll, re, I'll report that maybe. Um, you know, we laugh, folks, and, and I know for most people running is not a hill of beans. But you know what? We all have things just like this in our lives. We all have things in our life that says we put it on, we get involved in it and say, you know, I'm, I'm important. I, I count. I've accomplished something. But we lose those things. We lose the job. We lose the identity. We lose the status. We lose the looks. We can't hold on to them. And when, these, when we feel these losses, man, our identity gets rocked. And these can be some very low times, especially when it is something a little more significant than running. And you know what? That's really not the big issue. The big issue is what happens when I go and stand before God? Do, 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 these, do these patches give me value in heaven? 
Do these patches, does this, does this give me a status in heaven? See, folks, that's the really big question we have to ask ourselves because it doesn't. And yet, we pour so much of our lives into these different things that we think a relationship, a job, a hobby, something about that says, you know what, I'm important. Now, the good news I have for you today, folks, is that Jesus Christ, and let me tell you something, this jacket's hot in these lights. Um, Jesus Christ has a very valuable identity for you. It is an identity that works. It's an identity that you're not going to lose. This identity works if you're 13. It works if you're 83. It works if you're rich. It works if you're poor. It works if you're strong and healthy or if you're sick. It works if you're married, divorced, widowed, single. This identity works if you've got the best job in the world. And this identity works if you just got laid off. And when I say it works, folks, this is an identity that you can carry into tomorrow. And no matter what happens to your identity tomorrow, with this identity, your life counts. It adds up to something, not only now, but in eternity. Let's look and see what that identity is. Would you look with me at Acts chapter 1? Acts chapter 1. If you don't have a Bible with you this morning, we've got some on the chairs in front of you. I hope you'll grab one of those Bibles and, and study along with us. It's just a short verse that we're looking at today. Acts chapter 1. Get through the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. You'll arrive in Acts. Acts 1 verse 8. Very interesting verse. Very profound verse. To put it in its context, folks, these are the last words of Jesus. Jesus has, has been crucified, he's been resurrected, he has had a number of appearances to his followers, and this is the last meeting he has with them. And as we get to the last word of verse 8, Jesus ascends into heaven. So when we read this verse, read this as the last thing that Jesus would say to his disciples, read this as the last thing he's saying to you. Look with me, Acts chapter 1. Verse 8, it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Did you see, did you hear your identity in there? Jesus said, you are my witnesses. That's your identity. I am, you are a witness for Jesus Christ. Wherever I go, whatever I do, I am there as his witness. Folks, notice in the verse, Jesus doesn't say, those of you who arrive at stage 12 are my witnesses. It doesn't say, those of you looking for some extra credit in heaven, you are my witnesses. Folks, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, a genuine follower of his, then you are his witness. Now, you know, when we hear that word witness or we think of witnessing, we think of telling somebody the gospel, don't we? We tell somebody how they can know Jesus Christ, be forgiven of their sins, come to eternal life. Maybe we're sharing what Jesus has done in our lives or what Jesus can do in their lives. And that is what being a witness is. We, we should continue to think of witnessing in that terms. What we're going to do today, though, along with that primary understanding, is we're going to broaden this term a little bit. But you are his witness. That's what he calls you. That's the identity he gives you. Now, folks, I've been thinking about this. I don't, I don't know of any other way we respond to this but other than two ways. 
Jesus says, you are my witness. And day in and day out, we're looking to the Lord and saying one of two things. Either we're saying, no, no, I'm not. No, I'm not in this spot. I'm not in this building. I'm not in this room. I am not with these people to be your witness. Or we're saying, yes, Lord, I am your witness. Everywhere I go today, everybody I'm around, I'm in that spot to be your witness. Now we talk about where we're going, where we're going, what we're doing today. Jesus talks about where we go, where we are to be a witness for him. And you see there, he kind of breaks it up into three tiers. He said, you're to be my witnesses. He says, in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, think of this as concentric circles. Jerusalem's that home spot right there. Judea and Samaria is the surrounding area. And then he says, to the ends of the earth. Now, now why doesn't he just say, you're to be my witnesses everywhere? Wouldn't that have covered it? Why does he give this three-tier definition for us? I think it's because he wants us to think in terms, do I have a witness in all three areas? You know a mistake I think a lot of believers make? Is we think, okay, I'm home. Okay, this is my home area. I'm, I'm to be a witness right here. But then we have missionaries who go to the ends of the earth. Right? Folks, the way I read this verse, I don't see anywhere in here where Jesus says, pick one of the three. He doesn't even say pick two of the three. He says you, you as an individual, we as the church are his witness in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Folks, you're to be a witness in all three of these areas. In our context, if if Jesus was speaking this verse to us today before he ascended into heaven, he'd say you are to be my witnesses in Colonial Heights, in, in Virginia and the United States. Man, you're to be my witness all over this world. So I've got to be thinking, how do I have a witness in all three of these areas? Now that's a little bit overwhelming. How in the world am I supposed to do something like that? Well, Jesus says, you know what? It starts with the power he gives. He says, you're going to receive power. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. When you ask Jesus Christ to be your Savior and Lord, you put your faith in him. The Holy Spirit of God comes and lives in you. He lives inside us and there's a lot of wonderful and good things that come with the Holy Spirit of God taking up residence in our lives. Now, we don't always enjoy that fact. You know, we've got sin in our lives. Sin quenches the Holy Spirit, grieves the Holy Spirit. So when I'm I'm more dedicated to my sin than the things of God, that's going to quench His power. I'm not going to enjoy the fact that God is living in me in the person of the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to be able to take advantage of His power. But on the other hand, when I do walk in holiness, I do seek the Holy Spirit, I do depend upon Him, then what happens is His power begins to flow through me. He guides my steps, He guides me to to certain places, to certain relationships, He, He guides my mind, He gives me the words, He gives me the boldness. He reaches into the life of maybe a person or persons that I'm talking to and He opens up their heart and mind. He does all the work. So the Holy Spirit is how we do all this. Now think about what we have here. I've got an identity. I am a witness. I've got a job witnessing. I've got the authority to carry out that job in that the Holy Spirit of God lives in me. Folks, we just need one more thing. And that's a partner. We need other witnesses. We've got to partner with other witnesses because that's the only way I know how to be in three places at one time. 
I don't want to periodically get to the ends of the earth. I don't want to periodically get to Judea and Samaria. Folks, I don't know when Jesus is coming back, but if he comes back tomorrow, I want to be found faithful to have been a witness in all three of these areas. So I want to partner with other witnesses. And I can do that by praying, giving, and going. Praying, giving, and going gives me an opportunity to be involved in Acts 1-8 every single day of my life. You know, I I devote a a whole day of prayer or a day, part of my prayer time one day a week is devoted to praying Acts 1-8. And I can pray about these things any day. So, I mean, I can wake up and I can pray about our church. Our church is a a Jerusalem ministry. I, I can pray for other ministries that we partner with. Maybe I'm not there, but they're involved in something that is very important, very crucial to the advancement of the gospel, to the advancement of the witness. And by praying for them, I partner with that. I can pray for, for missionaries in North America, church plants going on in North America. We, we're planning a church with a, a, a church in Midlothian, Barry and Sunja Fleming. We introduced them to you a while back. We're a part of that. I pray for Barry every single week and that work going on there. We're getting ready to introduce you to their church plant in just a moment today that gets out into that Judea and Samaria area in Washington, D.C. I can pray for missionaries. So folks, no matter what kind of day I have tomorrow, man, I have lived in my identity. I've done something that counts and has worth no matter what else is going on. Through prayer, I can be a witness in all three areas. By giving, by giving, I can be a witness in all three areas. By supporting this work, you know, I can do that directly to those ministries. We do that when we give to this church. We give this church many of the ministries that you're looking at in your bulletin on that far left-hand side. Many of those ministries we support financially. We help them. So when you give to this church, you're giving to them. When you give to this church, we give to the cooperative program. Some of you are very familiar with that word, the cooperative program of Southern Baptist. Last year, we gave $160,000 to the cooperative program. 80000 of that goes to the National Convention, the Southern Baptist Convention. So of that 80000 40000 went to the International Mission Board. That's missionaries to the ends of the earth. When you're giving, part of that money goes in the plate is supporting missionaries around this earth. 40,000 of that dollar, 40,000 of those dollars went to the North American Mission Board. The North American, that's missionaries right here. That's Judea and Samaria. And so you're, when you give to this church, you're giving to things that are accomplishing Acts 1-8. So when you give to this church, you do that. So you may learn of some of these ministries and want to give directly to them. I encourage that. You know, this past year, my wife and I finished up our, our building commitment. And so between our tithe to the budget and the building commitment, we've given more money to a church in one year than we've ever given in our married life. Well over 20% of my income has come to this church in this last year. But you know, even with that, we've given to four or five ministries outside of this church. Because I look at those ministries and I'm burdened for what they do. I'm impassioned for what they do. And they're out there on the front lines. And I want to make sure my resources are a part of that. In advancing that gospel and in doing that work in the way that they do it through the love of Christ. And you know what? We've all got different passions, don't we? We all got different things that burden us and, and concern us. And our resources are a way of getting involved in all three of these areas. So we can pray, we can give, but folks, we need to go too. These feet need to go. This mouth needs to go. We need to be that witness. We do that as we live every single day. But you know what? I want us to be a church that helps you find ministries that you can partner with. Ministries that that you can say, you know what? They've got the same passion I've got. They've got the same burden I've got. And we give you opportunity. It may not even happen here at Colonial Heights Baptist. 
You may not even be there as a member, but you just get involved in that ministry. And that's what a lot of is on that page there. We want to give you ministries that you can partner with. Some of these ministries, you might volunteer and be a part of something one afternoon. Some of these, it might be a day. Some of these, you might go for a couple of days. Some of these, a couple of weeks. And you know what? I believe people in this room over the next couple of years are going to go permanently. You're going to go full time to serving in one of these areas. I want this to be a church family where you can find those places, those people, those witnesses you can partner with so you're faithful to Acts 1.8. To help you learn a little bit more about this today, I'm going to ask Wes Rose to come. Wes is our singles and missions pastor, and he's coming with more of his missions hat on today. And I've asked Wes to introduce to us some of these partners that we have. Now, as you listen, as you look at the list, as you go out to the tables today, folks, I want you to leave here today saying, you know what? I'm going to look for one ministry to pray for in all three of these areas. Jesus has told me to be a witness. I'm going to know when I leave here how to pray for one of these. Maybe you'll find one of these that you do want to support financially. Maybe you're going to find one or two that you want to be a part of the going. So, Wes, we got the charge of Christ on our lives. Help us to figure out where and go, how and go do this. Okay, thank you. Um, let me say, we're talking about, today we're talking about an opportunity and presenting you with ways that you can, man, get immediately involved, immediate impact, immediately application, where you can go and, and go and do. And then like our, uh, our slogan right here, impacting our world for Christ, as long as we are, we are talking in truth and talking and serving in love, we're going to have an impact on our community and our world. Um, Randy had mentioned something about uh, developing partnerships, and that's one of our strategies here. And, uh, and you'll see all the tables, they are partners that we have. And developing a partnership is really, it's taking, finding somebody who has planted their life into a community or into a part of the world for the long haul. They are in there day in and day out. They know the needs. And um, when, we, and when we look and, and, and find somebody there that is, is goes along with the makeup of the church members that we have, we go and we try to develop a partnership with them. Uh, the partnership allows us to do, you know, some things for a day and some things for just a small trip. And sometimes these are, these are ongoing, lasting year, year partnerships where we can see a ministry start, we can assist it as it's going, going along, and we can see it as it matures and develops and starts replicating itself. Um, one of, the, one of the main strategies that our state has, and one of the, it's proven you know, year in and year out, no matter whether you're here in the states or overseas, is to do church plants. And these are people that are, that are, that are starting churches in you know, certain areas. Uh, sometimes you'll have a church plant that'll be a, a new church start out of, a, out of an existing church. Well, this church is here, and they'll go and start a new work over here. Other times, there's a place that, where there's a need for the gospel, there's a need for uh, a church that, um, that is preaching the truth and preaching the gospel weekend, that is evangelical. And our state convention helps us, you know, understand where in the, in the state of Virginia are, are opportunities where there is a need to have that type of church, a good, uh, good strong you know, Bible-preaching church. And um, back in April, we introduced to you uh, Barry and Sunjaw Fleming. And they're in here. They're on, on the back row. I found you this time. Um, Baron Sunja started, started a church up in the Greenfield section of Midlothian. Uh, we took a team about midway through the summer, and we did survey work and uh, just combed the neighborhoods over there and got the name out uh, of the church and shared the gospel with several people there. And uh, there was a couple that was you know, sitting in the congregation that heard uh, Baron Sunja talk about the, the, new, the new church plant that they wanted to be involved with, 
and they actually dedicated six months of their life. Uh, they were away at school, but they were coming in every weekend, you know, playing guitar and, and leading in worship and doing graphic design work for them. And uh, just really, they invested six months of their life directly into the work of that church. But today, is, uh, among other things, I want to introduce to you another church partner that we have. Uh, we're going to be starting this. And this is real exciting. This is a, a church partner that we're going to be uh, working with. And he's in, uh, focusing in the southeast corridor of Washington, D.C. So uh, Jerry and I went up and did a video of him real quickly, but we'll, I'll show that now. church planners here in the nation's capital in southeast D.C. Um, southeast is uh, the other side of D.C. You have to go across a bridge to get here. And we feel we've been led here by God to make a difference. Um, part of our vision is to plant a church that will be able to plant other churches and develop small groups in the communities to make a difference for Christ. Um, one thing we really have a great passion to do here is to change the community and we feel like we can change the community by serving and loving the people who live here and raising them up to be followers and disciples of Jesus Christ. Um, what we're looking for today is to introduce ourselves to you as well as to ask you guys as partners to pray for us and, and to keep us before God for wisdom and knowledge and understanding and the things that we need as we go forth to serve these people, and as well, in any other ways that you guys would want to partner and come along and be a, a part of what we feel God is calling us to do. What a greater opportunity but to serve in the joy of the Lord and make a difference in the lives of other people. Amen. Uh, thank you. And um, who we have? We have R. Thompson. We brought him back in, brought him in there uh, today. And I want to introduce you guys to him to you and you to him. And uh, this, is, this, is brand new. this is a brand new church start and uh, brand new work in this uh, strategic part of D.C. And I'm going to let Art tell you a little bit how God is, he's already seeing God's hand working uh, in that area. And then a couple things that he has planning uh, going into the holidays and into the new year. Good morning. Um, I greet you. Um, we're excited to be here. Um, you know, we've enjoyed your service. Um, I had the pleasure of meeting your pastor at the state convention down in Roanoke this past week and spending some time with, here and, with him and hearing his heart and sharing my heart with him. Again, we're from Washington, D.C., the nation's capital, the greatest city out of all the cities. But where the Lord has called us, it's a place of darkness. And what we're attempting to do is push back the darkness. Um, just this week, we gave birth to our first baby, a young lady who came to my wife about a year ago with money in her hand that was headed to an abortion clinic. That baby was born this Tuesday. So we're praising God for God's hand. We had an opportunity a few months ago to serve in a place called it's a Convoy of Hope. Boy, and we served 10,000 people. I personally led five people to Christ that day. I, I was really, I was in a sweet spot. I don't know if you ever played sport and you, you just hitting them out the park. I mean, I was just excited. Um, 
you know, we used to live in a community. We had moved to the suburbs, but the Lord called us back to go into the heart. This is truly the, the heart of Washington, D.C. Um, we're excited about having an opportunity to partner with you guys from a couple different ways is that we're extending the kingdom of God. And it's encouraging to us when we have people who are not strategically in our community, but they're praying for us, sending resources, and coming and lending their time. Um, what we're trying to do, um, you guys know in January, we have a brand new president coming in office, right? So what we're planning to do is we're planning to say, yes, we can. We can change a community for Christ, and we're going out to evangelize the community. While they're celebrating him, we want to celebrate our king. So we're going to be in the streets, and we invite you to come on up. Come on up. We're planning different things. We want to be intimately involved because I'm already a resident of Washington, D.C., and Mr. Obama is moving into my community. So I think it's very respectful if I go and lend to him the same love and compassion that I would lend to anybody else coming into our city. So we would challenge you with that. And I see a lot of youth. This summer, we want to do summer camps. We want to do five-day camps. So we challenge you to send up your young people, your adults, if you have a heart for you. We want to get into this community. We want to saturate it with the love of Christ and the word of God. And then we can see change. Our, our, our theme is we're committed to loving God and loving others. And we think no greater way but to change a community with the love of Christ. Amen? Thank you, Art. It's, a, it's, a, it's exciting and it's an incredible opportunity that we have. Um, that would be our Judea and Samaria if you're looking at the, at the Acts 1-8 model. Uh, what I want to do is I want to bring up some of the, uh, your, our Jerusalem-type ministries. And these are the ministries that we have that are right here in the Tri-City area, uh, real local, things that uh, many of you are already involved in. But I'm going to bring up, we should have one, two, three, four. Are we missing one? Yeah, we got five. Uh, we have five that we're going to uh, be introducing Okay. Um, the ministry, yeah, we have, we have each one of their, has their ministry, they each have a table out, out there, and at the table you're going to find out all the details of, of what the ministry is and, um, and how you can get involved and things like that. And, um, well, we, Mike, I'll, I'll go ahead and introduce, introduce that, then you can answer the question. Okay. We've got uh, Mike Deeb, he's, he is, you know, a member of our church, but he is, he has headed up and he has been a, an integral part of our Jerusalem ministries of basically you know, feeding the poor down in Harding Street and some of the other work that we've done uh, down in, in Petersburg. Lenny is with, is with Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Um, we just had the, 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 uh, the big banquet here uh, last, last week. You, uh, you got, me, uh, got me confused. Uh, um, we, have, we have the, uh, the Colonial Heights Food Pantry. Uh, we represented here. We have the Pregnancy Center for the Tri-Cities and the Harrogate Intervention Program. So what they're going to do, I'm going to ask them one question. I'm going to ask them, who would be serving, who, have, would have, who do you see as having a heart for serving in your type of ministry? And they each have different answers and have different ways that you can listen and say, is this me and this is something that I can be involved in? Thank you, Wes. <clears throat> uh, Wes had told me he was nervous uh, out in the atrium before, but I tell you what, I bet I'm a whole lot more nervous. <laughs> anyway, the Jerusalem Ministries, like Wes had started off as the Feed the Poor Ministry, um, 
I think the people that uh, would like to be a part of this, this ministry would be someone who, who has a heart and compassion for those in need that really want to reach out and help those in need, especially those in the communities uh, that are less fortunate and that uh, sometimes they just get in really, really desperate situations and just need help, even sometimes at that very moment. I think it'd be another, another thing would be a person that uh, would just want to serve others and just, just be faithful to... Uh, to Christ's command to love one another as he has loved us. And I just want to say that uh, there's a lot of opportunity at the table. Two things that I failed to mention the first service is that uh, Randy talked about partnering. We're now partnering with the Reach Out Center in Petersburg. And this is a church that's only been there about five or six months. And right now they, they have a thrift store on Washington Street. They have shelters for the homeless. They have street ministry. They're just reaching out to people, so we're trying to partner with them and, and, and work with them. Also, they will have some information on the table. The other thing I want to mention is we're having our own Christmas outreach at Harding Street December the 20th, and I'll have information on the table for that. And, uh, so, and it's a good time. We minister with music and food, and we have activities for the kids, and it's a good way for you to get involved. So please come by and sign up. And, uh, and if anything, we've got a lot of candy and peanuts left, so, so come on by. Thank you. I believe somebody that would uh, uh, want to become involved with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes would have the love of Christ in their heart. I believe they would have a concern for the uh, generations of young people that we're losing now. Uh, I also think that uh, you may have a love of sports or you would believe in the proposition that uh, God and prayer needs to remain in our schools. Most people believe that God and prayer most people believe that God and prayer have been taken out of schools and that is not the truth. If a school has any type of organization then they are the, 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 the young people that have the desire have the right not the privilege they have the right to have a Christian organization in their school, and I believe the Fellowship of Christian Athletes is the greatest vehicle today uh, to, to ensure uh, that they have that right. As an example, Friday a week ago in the gymnasium of Petersburg High School, we had 12 students that made a decision to follow Christ, and on that night at the football game, I had a coach that came to me and said one of his players uh, had gone on MySpace and said that he was going to kill himself. I met with his mother at halftime, and we were able to get the mother uh, and the football player into uh, appropriate counseling. So that's the type of uh, highs and lows uh, that we have in dealing with our young people in our schools today. I need something to lean on. Thank you for the opportunity to share with you this morning. And I thank you for supporting us and partnering with us. The Colonial Heights Food Pantry, we moved on Ellerslie in 2006. Today, Last month, we served over 3,500 clients. Two hours prior to opening, 
the parking area behind our, our pantry is full of clients in need. Isaiah 58 says, those who give bread to the hungry and minister to the oppressed. Their light shines in the darkness and their night is as noonday. What is it that matters in your heart? <clears throat> what is it that satisfies your soul? I find that when I hug the oppressed, when I talk to them about the medical, um, needing insulin, um, their lights being turned off, their phone is off. And when I touch them, I have a joy unspeakable. At Pantry right now is at a crisis. This is the second time we've been forced to move because of our growth. The economy being down and the needs being great has really put our feet in the fire. Oh, for grace to trust him more. If there's a still small voice that connects to your spirit this morning, please stop by my table. We have a prayer list and we have ways that you can contact us. And I thank you. I'm, with, I'm Janet Tapp with the Pregnancy Support Center. And our volunteers have a real passion um, to serve those women and their boyfriends and male partners and families that are struggling and experiencing a crisis pregnancy or an unplanned pregnancy. Uh, we also minister to women that have experienced abortions and are now grieving that past decision and need help through the grieving and the forgiveness piece. Um, your church has uh, supported us and helped us with baby ball campaigns, and we have volunteers with many different hats, and some of them that are here have served in those places. Ronnie West has been on our board. Uh, currently, Denise Sebra, who's I think out at the table, uh, is serving as a helpline counselor and an in-center counselor. Um, Iris Deadweiler has come in and just gleefully cleaned the bathroom for us in the past. Uh, Cindy Polson used to serve in our baby goods closet and help us on our um, phone team. So there's many ways that you can serve. Melinda Pulley was also one who served in our helpline. And sometimes just being part of your church body, you're serving Jennifer Nix. Uh, has served us in just the recent past and helping us as you hosted a place for us to do our volunteer training here. We just needed somebody as a contact uh, to work out details. So there's many ways that you can serve in this ministry. Hello, I'm Taffy, and I'm from Harrogate Elementary School, which is the elementary school just a mile up the road. And we have a mentoring program at our school. So... If you have room in your heart to spend one hour a week showing God's love to a child, we can use you. We have many kids that society has given up on. And, but, you know, God hasn't. It's just that those kids won't know that unless you're his witness. Thank you, guys.
like each one of them mentioned, they have a table out there that has a lot of detail and, you know, places for you to go and get involved in. I will mention as you're heading out and you're looking at, at all the, uh, the different tables, there are some that have an international flag on them. And those are people, and they have some direct contact with our, with our church in some way. And, um, and they have information out there also for you to get involved in and uh, to pray for them. Uh, this, these, these countries and things like that that are listed out there, they will be, in, in all likelihood, the first places that we will take and go on international mission trips because we know we're partnering with them. They have the strategy. They know when they're needing teams. Uh, they know what type of teams that they need to have. And they'll all be out there. And again, I want to thank you for, you know, for letting me and Randy for me to have taken the time to be able to share a little bit about what we can do today as far as getting involved with missions and not just, not just the words, but actually in action. Thank you, Wes. Appreciate your help today. <laughs> Folks, I, I, hope you, I, I hope you watch this and you think, man, what an exciting opportunity. Because what's up here is an opportunity for your life to count. And I think every now and then we do have to close our eyes and imagine, you know what, one day I'm actually going to be standing before God. What can I do tomorrow so that when I'm standing before him, it counts for something. It means something. And folks, what you saw up here today is all kinds of ways to pray, to give, to go and be involved so that you're doing very simply what Christ called you to do, to be his witness. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would raise up in our church family, not a faithful few, but God, an army, an army of people who will go into this world to impact it for Jesus Christ, his love, his forgiveness, the message of hope and eternal life. Lord, yes, we do that with our voices as we share the gospel, but we can do that in in going into an area that's impoverished and dark and without hope, whether it's right here in our own community up or in Washington, D.C., God, maybe we go to a place on the other side of the world. Maybe we go to a local school. Maybe we come alongside athletes. Lord, so many different ways to be involved and to show Christ. Father, I pray that this week we do all of these things. And that this church family is found faithful in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. For your glory, your honor in the advancement of your kingdom. It's in the name of Jesus Christ that we pray this. Amen.